Thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to doing a uh, a second part here, and uh, so that we can you know, talk more about your playing. Also, we had some questions that were sent in, cool. you know that uh, that I, I have not warned you about ahead of time. Good, yes, yes, because <laughs> I'm trying to get as much of a you know as much shock value as I can out of this. Where so. do you get your toenails clipped, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mind your own business. Yes, mind your own business. I go to the na- the the little uh, nail joint down the street, and then they have the beautiful women there. They do a great job. All right. So and sort of that. I may have to have, may have to have a look at that now. Yeah, um, my uh, my wife and daughter go to the the nail. Uh, <coughs> you know, they go get pedicures, and they say that there's uh you know uh you know older gentlemen that uh, go really? in there and they and they get their their nails just cut and they don't you know they don't get their uh, you know well you're not you're not getting near my nails darling i've been spending years making those right <laughs> yes you know exactly how to do it all right yeah so one thing we didn't cover in the in the first part was we didn't get to talk much about your playing so that's uh, true <laughs> yeah you know it's like we spent so much time talking about you know your your history and so one one of the the questions and this was actually one that was uh sent in you know by by a reader and uh let's see oh yes so callan turner asked uh how does ray see the fretboard you know as far as chords and scales so when you're when you're Ah. playing over yeah so let's talk about how how you look at the fretboard and scales and chords and such well, that's that's an interesting question because it was a long... I'm going to move this back just a little bit. Okay. Um, I don't know about most players, but I... That damn light coming in. You know, E. Uh, excuse me. And those are my channels. I go between those, you know. Uh, right. That... I, that's what I've always done. I mean, it's second nature now, so I don't actually follow my hands or anything, but that was always the way I went from as I travelled up the neck. I knew, okay, we're, a bit, we're in the fifth fret now, so I can do... Oh, now we're in the... That's the, that's the simplest way I could describe that, okay. and that's how I... So, so if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, you you saw the different chord shapes around the neck for let's say an E chord, yeah. and then when you were soloing, I, you would think about those chord tones, or what would you well, think about? I, I I don't anymore, um, but when I was first starting to play, uh, and I can remember this, you know that that was. <coughs> That was the easiest way to go from one to the next to the next and on up. Right. But it's it's not a conscious thought anymore, you know, but that's that's how I started doing it, thinking about it. Yeah. And and then in your in your solos, because you're a, a very much a uh, you know spur of the moment, you know, kind of you know, in the moment kind of player. So uh and but would 
Would you tend to at times do any type of composed solos where you really thought about it or hummed it beforehand? Or would you no. kind of play? So where where is this coming from? Are you hearing something in your head? Are you are your hands just, you know, kind of muscle memory? No, I, what, what does it come from? Well, as I've always said, you know, I've got the allergies again. Excuse me. Can you believe this? Allergies yeah. both damn times. Excuse me. It's okay. No, it isn't. <laughs> well, I wish you that. I, yeah. I have them too. <laughs> oh, I just hate the allergies. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? No, again, so when you're doing a spur of the moment solo, I mean, is that oh. some something maybe that you're singing in your head or, no, you, no, or no. something? You know, so what, what is the solo coming from? Uh, a nanosecond before I hit the first note, I have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah. I really don't. If we're in the key of A, e, uh, A, let's say, my solo. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. So how can anybody else? Yeah, how can anyone else? <laughs> let's yeah. let's talk about your 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 bending. And it was like just in that last example, you know, what kind of got you into bending lower strings? Because that wasn't such a, a real common thing, you know, for a long time. I mean, I mean, who who were you seeing that was bending the low strings in in that kind of you know uh, like? Yeah, well, nobody. Yeah, and if there's if there's anybody out there, that, and I'm sure there is, I can't be the only person who's going <laughs> and wobbling. Yeah. Um, but I had to do it because, well, this is talking about that one piece. I did that in A. I wrote it. Wrote it. Uh, and in A, I mean, I can just about play it in A, but it's pretty hard. I just suddenly thought, well, how about? And I went, oh, okay. Practice that. Get the fingers up and. Um, that's why and then I changed it to D because it's a lot easier. Yeah. But, play play it in D. Is okay. Uh, make sure the yeah. Ah, it's a real, it's a real bastard. I'll be polite today. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Ray. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> it's for the children. Yeah, I, I check my swearing at the door. Okay, so it's it's a, it really is quite difficult. Um, whoops. Uh, let me let me do it once, right? <laughs> ah. So you can you can you can see and probably feel the frustration I'm going through. Well, also it's it's just it's so hard to uh, uh, you know do those low string bends that are that are in tune, especially while you're trying to if I know, some of those where you're holding another another bend. That's, so, well, that's this, the fun of it. Yeah, you know, the challenge. Yeah, I can go, but you know, but when you do. You 
you know, and I've been doing it all my life, you know, pulling the strings down forever. Right. You know, these, um, I, I started to write something around this. The, um, the second part would be. Well, that wasn't supposed to be there. Oops. Oops, that's wrong. Well, anyway, I've finished writing it yet, but yeah, it's all it's all that bendy stuff, you know. That somehow I'm able to, I can feel the tension on the string and know that nine times out of ten, it's going to be in tune. And, and frankly, sometimes the hardest thing is to sit there by yourself with a guitar. It seems like when when you have an uh, when you, when it's a gig or even when the, in the studio, sometimes it's easier <laughs> to get the, the the bend right when there's other things going on. So well, and also you know, please be aware, friends, that uh, I'm playing through a little Fender amp with no reverb. It is bone dry, right. which is. And when I'm recording, when I'm doing little overdubs with my uh, focus right, um, I don't have any reverb. I've got the headphones on and it's bone dry, which is not necessarily the best way to play with headphones so close that dry. Yeah. But I'm so used to it now that I, I just get on with it. But um, but anyway, that's that. That's that's, that. It's you know, it's an exercise for me in to make sure I can hold those strings up. down a little bit yeah last one was good <laughs> you got it you got it well it, it, it it's it's just fun for me okay you know i mean well you could play that straight but you know so what yeah and then suddenly i went oh look and then i had to work out which fingers you know and now i've got calluses on my little finger which i've never had before Right from from having to you know having to hold those and, and do bends on well, with the it, pinky. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like a power two fingers. You know, yeah. what do they call it? A power bend? Did they? I think in those days. I don't so, know. <laughs> I got four. I got four fingers. Look, <laughs> four fingers. I can go I can anywhere. Do a power bend. Yeah. Uh, it kind of attached because you, you were talking about reverb and also in the last, you know, uh, the the first part, you talked about how you kind of went more and more away from using effects. Part of it as your as your yeah. amp, you know, so was was part of your focus on on bending and these other things uh, kind of part of not spending so much time on effects because so many modern players spend so much time focused on effects and controlling effects yeah. and changing sounds. And, and that's a, you know, it's not to sound like the, the, the old guys, you know, get off my lawn stuff, but there is, it's just a, it's a focus. It's, it's an energy. It's like, so you can spend a bunch of energy learning how to work a bunch of boxes that are on a board in front of you, or you can work on some of these other things where you can add some different expressiveness to your playing but well, I just sounded I got, like the old guy. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. I am the old guy, and I yeah. and I agree with you. Um, that uh, you know, doing those those bends and, and oh, I forgot where I was. I'm so sorry. I know you're going to have to edit there. Yeah, we, we were talking about effects and spending time on on, on string bending. Oh, that's and right. Other, yeah, 
Well, first and foremost, I strongly believe that any, you know, the only reason to use an effect is if the song calls for it. And a classic example is when I did the evolution. We may have mentioned this before. I'll, I won't remember. Well, no, we uh, we, we haven't. We, yeah, we haven't talked about the Everly Brothers. So yeah, so go ahead, and then we'll, well, we'll piggyback on that. Yeah, because um, I think the song is "Dream," and you hit this big, and it's a tremolo. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the song. So that that's part of the song. I mean, there's no way you can just play that chord without the tremolo in there. It's like, what's he doing? Yeah, but that's a classic case. Of course, it was on the record, so you should play. It. But I, I used to really enjoy the uh, um, Roland chorus JC one twenty when I had one back in England, yeah. and I couldn't turn the damn chorus off. I just kept going. You know, George Harrison. George Harrison. Excuse me, one more second. Oh, there they are. I do apologise for this, everybody. Yeah. So um, let's just let's just talk about the about the Everleys for a moment. So so how did you know you uh, so how did you get the call to play with the Everly Brothers? I don't know. Well, I well I do. I knew several people in uh, not in the band, but um, um, I don't know. I think their road manager called me, and I wasn't working at the time, so I went out and did it. And to be honest with you, uh, and I've said this before, I mean, I, I'm a huge Everly Brothers fan. I mean, who, who isn't? Just beautiful, beautiful melodies and harmonies. But I would sooner listen to them than play that stuff. Because as Albert said, when I ran into Albert, who wasn't doing that that one, I said, well, how are you doing, mate? All right, you know. He said, well, it's not much of a playing <laughs> and, and he was right. Um, but... You know, we did six weeks. We opened up for the Beach Boys. And they had all these California girls bouncing across the stage. No fun there. <laughs> so, None at all. But it was, it was, it, you know, I didn't really enjoy it that much because I didn't, as Albert said, it, it's not a playing gig where you can just, you know, have, have fun. You have to follow the rules. Yeah. Um, that said, it, you know, it was great. But, you know, you, yeah, which, which is kind of a, a shame because it's like, it, I mean, wasn't Buddy Emmons on, on a lot of those yeah. gigs? Emmons was on it. Larry London was on drums. Um, oh Phil Cranham Phil was on bass. Keyboard player was a guy who had a big hit in England called Number One with a Bullet. Huh. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Wingfield. No, no, that's a baseball player. <laughs> um, I can't Pete, think of his... Pete Wingfield? Uh, There's, there was a... Pete a, Wingfield. Yes. Pete Wingfield, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was. And it was funny because uh, Emmons and, uh, and and London go back a long time for a lot work out, and they were always giving each other grief on the time. Larry would be out there going, it sets here, buddy. Don't be moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting then, the tempo. <laughs> right, you know, it said this is where it lives, okay? Yeah. And they're just messing with each other. But. Right. And Emmons so, would come flying back with some of that. So were the, uh, were, I mean, were the Everleys just as great live hearing, hearing their voices? Did, yeah. Was, was that enjoyable? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was not an unenjoyable gig. It's just, you know, I, I needed money, so I took the gig. I probably wouldn't have done if I hadn't needed money, but that, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, oh, dear, look what I just done, you know. Yeah. But this, 
yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a bit of a quandary there because I love the Everly Brothers, good grief, and Chet's playing on a bunch of that stuff too. Yeah. Um, but so, I would sooner have I would sooner have gone out with Ry Cooder and Jim Keltner. Well, <laughs> who wouldn't? So well, right. Well, yeah. I know, it's a, and it's yeah. a joke. I'm being yeah. facetious. Absolutely. But, yeah, so, we wouldn't. And so I guess, you know, we were, we kind of got into this through effects. And so you yeah. had to get a, uh, so did you have to get a tremolo pedal to, to no, play the gig? No, for some, some reason, I I had had one hanging around here. I don't even know what I ever used it for, if anything. Huh. I, I don't know. I had it here. I went, oh, well, that's all right. I'll take that out. Yeah. So you just said... <laughs> And then the question is, did you have it underfoot or on your amp or where where did you put it? Because I've never seen you have a pedal before. So Yeah. Don't, I don't listen, I don't want you to realize think about this, but I had a pedal on the floor and I do apologize to Oh my goodness. Me. That's uh it's, <laughs> I have to take you off the pedestal. <laughs> no, oh woe is me and the rest of you. And the rest but of you too. It's funny, I I did a demo session for uh, my next door neighbor. Two doors down, he's got a great studio with Pro Tools, and I'm always going over there, you know, doing some overdubs for him. It's always great fun, you know, make a little cash and, and walk home next door. But we were over there, and he had he set up his camera and sort of recorded some of it. And I, I, I sent a little clip of it to a fan in uh, in Sweden. I don't, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Man, you better keep me organised. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep you in line, Ray. I'll keep you Thank in line. You. So, but, Somebody so needs what, to. I've never found anybody to yeah. do it yet, but you could be the first. Well, for for <laughs> for, for a limited time only. So so what was on this video clip? Of, was it just you playing in the studio? Well, I was in the I was in the studio. You could all you could hear was the, the guitar, and it was uh, I was doing some of these or something like that. I found some more of those looks. Did did that come? They're you know, everywhere. Yeah, they they are everywhere, and 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 I play. You know, I, I tried to play one like yours, and I did it backwards. So, but that's well, that's that's a whole other thing, right? But, but that's that that's your thing, and if it yeah. works for you and sounds okay, great. Yeah. I always had to do it. Oh. It's the only yeah. way I could get the gallop in there. Right. Because without the gallop, it just sounds, you know, right. monotone. So did that technique, did you get some of that from Chet Atkins, like his galloping on guitar, that that type uh, of, of thing? Is that where maybe some of that came from? No, I, as far as I can remember, I nicked this from Blackmore. Because there was... Um, Now that was the thing. That's where I stole it. It was one of the songs on the purple thing, and the lick went. Wherever it went, I can't remember. I went, I'm yeah. having that. And I think he, I think Blackmore nicked it from Albert. I mean, Albert, you know. We all steal from each other. That's the fun bit. You know? Yeah. And then you take it in your own direction. Let's yeah. let's get yeah. to, to some of these uh some some of these questions that I have, and also, uh, it's it's tempting to ask about Blackmore, and especially uh, you had mentioned that uh, 
that you interviewed uh, Blackmore at one point. Tell me, how, tell me how that happened, and 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 what was your takeaway from it? Because I'm sure you probably hadn't seen Blackmore in a long time. So no, and we certainly, you know, we, we were never friends. I mean, I just met yeah. him once at the first gig. I think when I said, you know, it's how long you've been playing, mate? When I was 14, right? Three minutes was the reply. Yeah, yeah, okay, but um. I I was doing an interview with Bill Pyburn, who runs his own acoustic guitar magazine. Right. And my acoustic stuff had just come out, 2000 or where in it. Well, it didn't exactly come out, but we finished the project. Let's put it that way. That was word, word that was... Uh, Songs Without Words. Songs yeah. Without Words, right. And I stole that title from uh, Felix Mendelssohn, who has many of these brilliant pieces called songs without words and i'm having that as well so you know and he hasn't called yet to moan about it so i guess we're okay i think you're okay so so yeah how did you end up interviewing richie well i was i sat down with bill in a pub and we had a couple of beers and he was asking me how did i get started what was this to who were my influences i said well my first well, apart from my local town hero, who was really my first influence, uh, then Big Jim Sullivan, then Blackmore came along, you know, and, oof, okay. And when I said that to Bill, he said, well, I'm supposed to interview for, for, for an upcoming album, acoustic thing he's doing. He said, why don't you do it? You know all about it. I said, all right, I will. And that, and that was that. And so I did. And his, his manager called and kept saying now please keep it current please keep it current right well that's not going to work darling i want to know all the dirt on the t- when i was a teenager yeah so i was asking all these questions about because his old nickname was bluebell you all had these strange names back then you know i'm still 13 14 i don't know what's going on and i've been asking i said where did the name bluebell come from? he said well that was the thing that the drummer brilliant drummer called can't think of his name. The Deep Purple. Is it, this was in the Screaming Lord Such okay. bands, you know, when they were doing that. And I never did see that. But the drummer gave everybody names in the band, apparently. But, you know, it wasn't very important to him, but it's just stuff that I remembered. You know, everyone would call him right. Bluebell, or Bluebell's coming to town. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, he, oh, that's what his manager called, Keep It Current, which I didn't. So he called and um, we were on the phone and I just recorded on a cassette, excuse me, uh, on a cassette. And we were there for about an hour and a half, I think, just chatting. And there were so, you know, so many questions I forgot to ask him after the event. You know, hey, can I, can I call back quickly? No. <laughs> but it was, it was very interesting. I, it's odd. I didn't hear much humour in his voice, he, you know, he, I mean, I know I'm pretty damn silly and I'm quite like that, quite frankly. I don't have a problem yeah. with it. Um, but he, I remember one thing he said, oh, because we both knew Jim Sullivan, you know, and and uh, Jim had been saying to Blackmore, you know, it, uh, Blackmore said, I thought I knew your name. Sullivan was always going on about you. Well, double compliment there. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he just, uh, 
I just, you know, I just asked him as many questions. And I, t- I one question I said to him, I said, um, okay, uh, I said, uh, there was a song called Bird Has Flown, and the riff goes like this. Oops. So I said to him, now look, now look, Richie. That's where that riff came from. And he went, nobody told me. <laughs> so, but I never knew whether he was like taking a winding me up, right. as I should say, politely. But it was good fun, you know. It, it, it wasn't like you and I, you know, we can giggle and chuckle. I didn't get, there was no. He was too serious, yeah. Well, it's just, I, don't, I don't know him, you know, so, yeah. you know, I can't just come out with, with silliness, you know. But, but it, was, it was good fun. I enjoyed it, you know. Somewhere I've got the cassette still knocking around. This, this brings up an uh, interesting you know, question from, uh, from Tim Lurch, who's a great jazz telly player. And he, Tim who? Tim Lurch. And a great, you know, uh, you know, like a solo jazz, you know, telly guy. And, and he, he wrote, he said, how difficult was it for an Englishman with strong opinions to get along with the good old boy network in Nashville? <laughs> uh, does the phrase KMA mean anything? <laughs> You're going to have to translate. Well, no, no, yeah, yes. well, go on. No, we, you don't need to translate it. Kidding. No, yes. I wouldn't, wouldn't dream it. No, I, yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, strong opinions, uh, absolutely. Because, but I got on with those guys, you know. I mean, as I said in the last one, I think, you know, I can't remember who it was, but they all used to jokingly say, get that guy who talks funny, plays the telly. Yeah. Not in that accent, you know. Right. No, I got on with most of those people, I believe, you know, but there's no telling. Because yeah. I'm not afraid to say boo to a goose, I must say. Yeah. Oh, political correctness there. You won't be able to say boo to a goose soon, you know. No. you. No. There's a lot of things we won't be able no. to. No. Animal cruelty. Peter on their way. Up my right. driveway. Now. Yes, they're they're on their way now. <laughs> they're coming out of your mailbox. Yeah, yeah okay. there they are. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> yeah. So here's a, here's another question that was uh, that was written in from the good readers, uh, the good watchers, I should say. So uh, Johnny Isaacs, who's a, a chap that lives here in in town, uh, yeah. works down at Nashville Used Music. He said, uh, "Does Ray regret selling his old telly, or are guitars just tools to him?" Oh no, no, I do regret selling it. I was broke. I was you know really broke. Um, and uh, I was offered a really, really good price for it, you know, because uh, it had played on a bunch of records. Yeah. But I wasn't playing that much, and it, it, it didn't really bother. I know where it is. I can get it back if I want any time. I know where, where my Gibson amp is. I can get that back if I want. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it, it's... No, they're not just tools. They're not. They're not just. Um, t- no, I was very attached to that guitar, and I'm not sure whether I would have sold it to somebody I didn't know. Now I think about it, I'm not sure. 
because I did want to know where it went. It was like my birds. We spoke about the parrots, I think, didn't we, last time? Yeah. <laughs> or do we? I don't know. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure they were going to a good home, you know. But I don't know. I, 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 I do. I could get it back if I wanted, but I'm not playing that much these days to warrant paying him what he's probably going to ask me for <laughs> to get, you know. But Yeah. So I, I guess that kind of answers the question. And yet you 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 would have a uh i guess a connection with certain instruments because yeah there's certain instruments that you know you connect with that you know yeah. other, you know that are magic when when you pick them up and you feel like oh i feel at home on this guitar and others well, that's, that don't that's right as i said when i bought it i just bought it acoustically now. and it sang like a bird and i went that's that's the end of that and then doctored it up a bit yeah. But the, just the tone of it, and it was a rosewood neck, which I like. I'm not particularly a, um, what do you call these? A, a, maple. A, a, a maple neck, yeah. I was going to say blonde. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a great guitar. I mean, I'd have it back in a heartbeat, you know. Perhaps you'll give it back to me. Yeah. <laughs> also, but, uh, no. and, and, you know, and, I think the main point of that is, uh, Zach, is I don't need it anymore, and he's enjoying the guitar. Right. So you know, then I, I made some money that I needed at the time. You know, everybody was happy. Yeah. There's an, another mm. guitar that you were uh, photographed with, and actually, uh, and another. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know. Uh, yes, Daryl now owns the uh, GNL Broadcaster that you oh. used to have. I remember so, meeting him. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about that guitar. So did Leo give you that or who, who gave you that from, uh, well, from GNL? Well, I'll tell you the whole story about that. Yeah. And the reason why it, 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 it only sat on the uh, stand when I did the Starlix video, because I had an endorsement with them, with GNL, I, I was taking, I was flying out to LA to do that, uh, uh, the um, Starlix. And I called him out and said, uh, um, would you mind having a, you know, get somebody to send one of those guitars over there for me? You know, save me dragging one, dragging it from Nashville. And they went, what, 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 what why, what, you, you know. So anyway, they, they didn't supply it. Well, I guess they did supply the guitar in the end, but they made such a damn fuss about it, you know, that I, you know, I, I lost all interest in the guitar and, and the company and swiftly sold it. Un unnecessary. You know, if you yeah. have an endorsement, let's say an amp endorsement, I don't want to drag an amp from here to L.A. People have amps, but they just, they pitched and moan about it, you know, to the point where I, I went, oh, that's, no, sorry, bye-bye. So the instrument that was in the video was not the one that you had back in Nashville, or, or, or was uh, it the same? Do you know, <laughs> I don't think so, because I didn't take mine out there. Okay. So I, I believe you're right. Yeah, that was, the, well, it, it's just that they made so much fuss about it. I didn't right, play right. it. You know, I was, I was I was, a bit teed off at, at this point. I, well, I'm just not going to play it. I'll just leave it there. Well, how did the uh, how did the relation? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the relation started off a little better than that. I guess they they approached yeah. you about an endorsement, and I don't I, the details. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I don't know who I was talking to. Um, but anyway, when that happened, I lost interest. 
Yeah. And I remember, what was the guy's name? His name is Daryl. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I, Alt- I, Altamont? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, I remember, I remember yeah. meeting him at a uh, one of the vintage guitar shows here. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he bought that guitar that day for me. Okay. Or was it? I think, he I, don't know. From, I think he bought it from Groon, but uh, yeah, oh, it, might have, it might have gone through a couple different hands. So who knows? But yeah. he's the one that, who owns the, the guitar currently. Well, okay, then it must have been when we were at that fe- uh, vintage thing. He must have had it with him or something. Okay. Because I yeah. think I think I signed it. I, I'm really not sure. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that on camera. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Pull yourself yeah. off to the side. Okay. So so that led the the, uh, the the guy before, the note before, thinks I'm opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I hope I answer, I hope I answered his question, but yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Was it was it a good guitar? Which one? The, GN, the GNL broadcast. Oh, I, you know, I didn't play it that much. I think I probably, you know, it was yeah. an endorsement. You know, yeah. I already had my telly. I would, yeah. that, would, that would have been a second guitar. Why I even signed up, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's been so long now, but yeah. when they made such a fuss of, about supplying endorser, endorsees with equipment to save them traveling around the country with the damn thing, that was, that was, I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. So anyway, so let's. Uh, so this was a, another. Uh, you know, Adam Nixon asked about uh, what are some memories of working with uh, Martin Parker, the, the drummer. Ah, uh, you know, in my autobiography, which is finished but not edited and certainly not in print, there's a there's one line in there where I say if there's one person I'd like to see walk up my driveway right now in his big old overalls it would be Martin Parker. Yeah, I love Martin to death. He was a wonderful guy, and yeah. um, we worked on a lot of sessions together and various things. I mean, he was he used to call me the tea bag, and I'll leave the silence there because you you know you may remember Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, he. Uh, oh, I've interrupted myself again. You've got some editing to do here, Zach. Yeah. So, so you know, Martin Parker, of course, you know, probably most famous for playing. I guess he played with Skaggs after you did. Yeah. And also played yeah. with Vince Gill and Patty Loveless, yeah. and you know, fantastic yeah. drummer. Oh, great! But he was just that good. I mean, he played drums just like he looked. He was yeah. that good old boy. You know. Yeah. Just. I loved it. I loved it. It's funny you would ask that question because that's in the book. Yeah. So yeah, he's a great guy. Sadly missed. Tell us about uh, tell us about getting to know Carl Perkins. Ah uh, well, I, I, a drinking pal of mine, a running mate of mine, also English over here at the time. He he started managing Carl. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, you know, eventually I got to meet Carl, you know, and Carl had heard of me because of the skag stuff and everything. I'd certainly heard of him. So we, two guitar players having a chat, you know, and we got to know each other a little bit. You know, and it was probably after we got to know each other a little bit. You know, he, he sort of came over one day and said, you know, Ray, I can help you with the uh, 
get you one of the Apollo hair systems endorsement, if you like. <laughs> After I got up, <laughs> I mean, I think he was actually being serious the first time. And I said, no, look, I've got hardy hat made out of skin. I don't need no, I don't need no hair up there no more. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, it lapsed into a bit of uh, Yankee there, or Southern, I should say. Oops, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, Carl was great. And, and this, every time we were in the same room, he would go, don't forget the endorsement. Yeah. Don't forget that skin. <laughs> it, was just, it went back and forth. And he was such a wonderful person. He and his wife. Oh, it was a funny name. Zelda? Zilda. Valda. 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 Both wonderful people. I think it's Valda. Both yes, wonderful it's Valda. people. Yeah. And we, he and I giggled and chuckled a lot, you know, both being guitar players. So. But what a, what a wonderful man. And I, I actually, he, he rode me up. Uh, we were doing a TV show in, in California with, when I was with Marty. So this is much later on. I'd obviously stayed in touch. And he, he was there and he got me to jump up with him and we played a little bit on whatever this show was. It was a cast of thousands. I remember that. But that was fun. You know, Carl's doing his thing and I'm doing mine and we're grinning away at each other. <laughs> He was, Does that thing he was, spin around then, Carl? Yeah. Does it spin at all? You know, yeah. like your bow tie. He was he was serious about his hairpiece. He didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, well, I'm I sure he could joke about it, but yeah, he was not well, going to be seen without it. Oh no, no, no! no I got it. No, I, that's that's fine. To each his own. But uh, you're not you're not about to get one of those things on my head. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got too many rascally mates who are just going to pull that off. Oh, look what that is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you get None it gl that. glued on like a pelt, which, you know, many, yeah, many people really. do. He, no, he he was great fun to be around. Great fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh. that's, that's about it on Carl. Yeah. Great so, fun. You did the, uh, you know, you did the Starlux video, and then, of course, uh, many years later, well, you know, quite a few years later, you did the uh, the homespun video with with Happy, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and it was it was nice in that he uh, he interviewed you during during the video, and he asked lots of of, of good questions and, and clarifying questions, which was which was kind of a godsend to uh, us the, uh, the the watchers. Well, yeah. listen, if if it was a godsend to you, it was an yeah. even bigger. Why am I using that word? I'm not a religious man. It was said from somebody okay. else. So, yeah. And he, uh, take me back, take me back. Sorry. Yeah. I've forgotten what, where we were. What Happy Trom was, was interviewing you and how, how it helped in the. Uh, in oh, yeah, the yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well, so we sit down and I had a band there. Was Larry Nectar was on, on piano, Martin Parker was on drums, and. Um, Mike Leach from the uh, from, from the Memphis Boys, from the Memphis Boys, and Reggie and all that lot. Uh, he was on bass. He, he became a good friend of mine. In fact, he called me up once and said, "Hey Ray, I've got a new girlfriend. Can you suggest a uh, nice restaurant to take her?" I mean, why would he call me about that? I don't know, but I was flattered. I, I think I sent him off to the uh, what's the air the airborne out by the airport that restaurant out there. Oh, I don't know. We're not going there anyway, are we? Yeah, no. yeah. But um, 
So happy, uh, you know, so it was helpful to you also having happy ask you questions during the during Well, the it was more than that. I, I keep drifting and I apologize. Yeah. It was way more than that because when, when we'd finished all the tracks, Happy said, well, now, just tell us what's going on there. And I went, well, I'm playing or whatever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was about all I had to say. So Happy said to me, he said, I see. You're like Dr. John. I'm going to have to ask you all the questions to draw it out of you. And I said, yes, please, yes, please. Yes, please. Draw it out of me. Yeah, please. I mean, answering questions is fun and easy, you know, even if you even if you don't know the answer. Yeah. But, but no, that 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 really was a because uh, I didn't know what to do about it. You know, I'm not I'm not a you know, a teacher or a professional at that stuff. You know, I show, I don't teach. So. Anyway, it was great that he asked me the questions. And and now, uh, you know, Dr. John and I are really good pals. <laughs> this is Dr. John and this is me. <laughs> this is you. So another interesting thing about, about that uh, video is the fact that during that time period, your uh, your 68 telly was stolen. Uh yeah. And uh, and and I think you had just gotten it back for the video, perhaps, but it wasn't no, in I playing hadn't. shape. I hadn't. Yeah. Okay, no, you had. In fact, that that was a telly Glazer lent me, and Glazer said, "Here, this will work." He said, "I know what you like," and he was right. I didn't even need to touch it. Yeah. Um, so that was what I. That was the one I was playing on that video. But um, yeah, it was. Tell us, tell us about the guitar getting stolen and getting it back, because I mean that's. That hardly uh, ever happens, you know. The, the stories of a of a guitar, you know, because most of the time it's just the guitar gets stolen. But how did how did it get nicked and then uh, and then returned to you? Well, I a friend of mine had just come to town, and he was staying in a hotel. I lived in Goodlettsville at the time, and he uh, excuse me again. Sorry, I'm so sorry about this, everybody. Oh, you're good. If you lived in this town, you'd be sympathetic. Ooh, allergies. So he. All right, where was I? You were uh, living in Goodlettsville and telling the story of how the guitar oh, got right. stolen. That's right. So this guy called me up, and he, he was staying in a hotel, and I knew him and his brother from D.C. His brother was a guitar player, and he was a bass player. So um, he called and said, oh, we'll get together. I said, uh, I said oh, I'm just going in to play some racquetball. And I went out to start the car, and it wouldn't start. So I needed a jump. And he very kindly came over and jumped the car. And I already had the keys in there. And I went, well, I don't want to turn the keys. I'm only going into town for a couple of hours to play and I'll be back. In that time period, I I came back and my dog was inside instead of out where I left her. And I shouldn't have walked in there, but I did. Um, And uh, the telly was gone. A pair of beautiful handmade boots. I had $500 each time kangaroo skin or whatever just called yeah marty's bootmaker right wonderful boots uh, they were gone a boom box who cares uh, an expensive camera but i'm not really a cameraman but the guitar was the main thing you know um and then before i lose my place he uh, <clears throat> and i it's kind of confusing now a good friend of mine up in kentucky um I was just talking to him on uh, Messenger. Uh, Randy Hayes. Do you know Randy Hayes? I don't. Okay. 
guitar player. I used to play with Keith Whitley. Oh. And, um, oh, man, how I can drift. I, I, I'm trying to think of why I'm bringing Randy into the thing. Now. Because he, had, he must have had something to do with getting the guitar back. Oh, that's right. He, he was the one who told me that he was working at Glazer's uh, uh, Corner Music at the time. Right. And at the time, uh, uh, Glazer was coming into Corner Music right. uh, a couple times a week. Glazer had his little workshop there in the, yep. in the back, I think. I yeah. remember that. So this guy walks in and um, apparently Randy said, he walked, it's all a bit confusing to me and muddled and I really don't know the whole true story, but he went back and this, uh, this guy took the guitar in and, and he and then Randy took it back to Joe and Joe went, oh, yeah. so Joe called me and he said, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, you've got my guitar. And he said, yeah. <laughs> Pretty weird. And the guy who found it or some guy in this chain of events told me that when he, he bought it from a pawn shop and said when he bought it, it was covered in mud and smelled of rotting flesh. Ugh. Oh, I'm looking forward to getting that back. Yeah. But that was his description of it. And when I got it back, uh, minus the strap, which, I, which I'd had for years, and it was given to, given to me, but not at the time. By the, he ended up uh, playing bass for ACDC, <laughs> Cliff. But he gave me this strap, and I just turned it inside out so you could, you could slip, you know. Am I drifting again? No, Am I drifting no. again? So, so, but you, what a, what a miracle to get, to get that guitar back. I know, you know, it was, it was amazing. And um, as I remember, you know, there was, I th Joe, I don't know if I should go down this road. This gets a little financial and it's Joe, Joe may not want to, I, I don't care about the guy who, Joe, okay. Joe thought there was a reward out for it and Joe gave this guy, reward and I know his name and I'm not going to tell him but yeah. he, he he tried to you know screw people over their work tools mm. you know I won't mention his name but um but anyway so it, it was all rather confusing yeah um but eventually I get it back and uh, off we go yeah but lucky me yes very lucky you uh, tell me about uh Tell me about how songs without, you know, we, we kind of touched on songs without words, but that was, you know, how, how did that come about? Well, I had, I have a real, like a lot of players, I have a real love for classical music. And, you know, I, I, like, I was telling, talking to somebody else today about this. You know, I just let classical music wash all over me because it's, you know, I don't read music and it's way over my head, but I understand light and shade and melody and, timing and phrasing and this. And I, now and again, I'll sit down and work out this lovely little, well, you know, these classical parts where they go, um, you know, the, the spacing is just ridiculous. And I'd sit, I'll sit down and learn a couple of those things now and again, but basically just washing over me. And I started to write all these acoustic pieces, you know, and I always called it, innocently uh, or insolently i should say um my version of classical music you know i mean it wasn't classical but it's about as 
the best I could get it. And, I, you know, I still love classical, you know, things like, you know. And that's going to go on the end of that. So that, you know, something like that is very classical sounding to me. Sorry. Minus the, uh, the the errant. Oops, that was know. supposed to be a D. Yes. <laughs> and, and so that was that was cut just using acoustic guitar. And, yeah, uh, um, I did that at a friend's friend of mine's studio, and he just set the studio up, and he was learning Pro Tools. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Yeah. You know, Chip Woody, thank you, Chip. And um, yeah, I didn't know what I'm doing. I'm just sitting in there playing these tunes. And eventually, but you know, we got all the parts and the data and everything. And I took everything over to my friend Brendan Harkin. Do you know Brendan? I brought. Um, what's the studio? Uh, um, I can't think. Can't think of anything these days. It's really a pain. But I took it to Brendan's studio there, and. Um, and he's the guy who did um, who mixed um, the Paganini thing, too. Right. Yeah. That's that's our next topic. <laughs> yeah. No, it isn't. It's now. Okay. It's now. <laughs> no. It's now. So yes. So <laughs> where? What kind of? Uh, again, no hair, but uh, where the harebrained idea of of playing uh, of learning Paganini. Sorry, that was that was lame, but I did it anyway. Really? Yeah. Um. Where, where did the idea to do the Paganini thing? Are we yeah. out there already? Okay. Had we finished the last little bit about... Uh, well, fin finish talking about uh, songs without words then. Oh, okay. So I wrote all the pieces, um, and one of them is really classical. I think it's... Uh... Whoops. No, that's not right. Um Anyway, it's really involved, but I had this section in, in the middle. Uh... Oops. And I tried to do that. But then I could make it work. Now I can't. But it's, you know... And that's classical to me. I mean, yeah. if, if I were to hear that in a string quartet, I go, hmm, who's that? Who wrote that then? So, anyway, I love classical music, and, and that's how it came about. And uh, there's all sorts of nice. I, I played my own version of Tahitian Skies on there. That was that was great fun. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. Oh, Paganini. Yes. Well, the Paganini thing. Let me play you what what little I remember. Um, well, the intro was. Ah. Except that I went. I had all the open strings. Yeah, I know. I, I'm confused too. <laughs> you had to bring in those open string licks just to well, just because you could. Because yeah, Chet would have. Right. The funny thing is that I learned the whole damn thing. I spent about four months learning this parrot fashion into MIDI, 
put a violin on the MIDI so it wasn't so painful to hear that MIDI growl. And I, I would just go over section by section. But that was the intro. I haven't played this in so long. <laughs> There's yeah. that, and then the, the verse is. Ah. And that's where I grind to a halt. It's something I should have played every day. Because, well, you've heard the thing, you know, and yeah. at, at, my, at my tempo. That was about as fast as I could get it. And I never once played the whole thing through without a mistake. I mean, it's so involved. Yeah. It's all this. Oh, it was just amazing. But I had so much fun doing it. And it was a really a labor of love. I just wanted to know what he was doing. When you listen to, you know, it played at the regular speed, it's like <laughs> there's no way you can hear the notes. And I don't read music to sit down and learn it, so I just did it parrot fashion. But what I did enjoy was that because I got a pretty good stretch, I could get instead of going. Whatever it is. I, I, I always like doing that if I can. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. There you uh, go. So, those, so those that proves that I did learn it, though. Yes, you do. Yeah, you learned the pieces and you put them together. And honest, it's, honest. It's, it is. <laughs> and, and that's that's such a hard piece. Oh, I, can't, I can't imagine correct. taking the little the little segments and learning it and recording yes. it. And then, yeah. Well, and, and there's one beautiful piece. I don't know if I... No, I, I can't remember it, but it's... In fact, I took that little piece that I can't remember and I put it into Audacity and I turned it around. I mean, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And I learned that. And from that piece of music, when I turned it around, I wrote a piece for Jim Sullivan that's, that's on YouTube. I can't think what I called it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but it's, it, was, it was really difficult to learn. But I was doing it at my own pace, and I wanted to see what was going on. I mean, Baylor, there's another tune of, of Paganini's called um, Moto Perpetuo, Perpetual Motion. And um, Baylor plays that at the same speed as, as, the, as the violin players. Wow. I, I mean, I, it was, I, I didn't even know he played classical music. It just knocked me out. Put me in my place, my little Paganini bash. But it was great fun. I really enjoyed it. And then I took that again. I recorded that here on Cubase. And the only reason I had Cubase in there is that my friend in England, who actually showed me how to get how to make a computer work from ground zero, you know. So hey, wait a minute, what's this? Uh, what's this paste and copy thing? I keep going back, and I'm. I remember the link, but I'm trying to remember. You know, everyone's laughing. Tony's laughing. Yeah. But in essence, he he put he he helped me through the process technically. And by the time I had it all down in parts, I took it over to Brendan, 
And somewhere here, I have the microphone I recorded that on. It's a $10 LabTech mic. <laughs> it sounded and great. It sounded unbelievable. Well, the, the, the D60 Guild had a lot to do with that. But um, so I had to take it over to Brendan, you know, um, no reverb, just um, we, he, he pulled out a few string scratches. And we sort of messed around with the arrangement. But he, I took it over and he said, he said, I said, yeah, I just recorded it. He said, what do you record it? I said, I've got a little $10 lab tech mic. And he went, I've got mics downstairs that cost me five grand. You know, I mean, he's a serious engineer. And he said, you come in here with, with your $10 <laughs> Sounding like all full and rich and big. And he didn't have to do anything to it. You know, a little yeah. reverb. But hats off to Tony for that because he, he got me technically up and running on that. But great fun. Yeah. Uh, in your... In your uh in your autobiography that's as, as yet to be, you know, printed, you said it still needs to be edited. Uh, there you, uh, you wrote a, a bit about Roy Nichols, uh, both about his, his, tell us a bit about his influence and then, uh, you know, kind of getting to know him a little bit later on in his life. Yeah. Um, it's a bit, a bit hazy actually, but I, I'm not even sure that we ever met. I, th I think so. I, I maybe a, a haggard gig when I was with Scares, but I honestly don't remember, which is dreadful. But anyway, we spent a lot of time on the phone. You know, I called him on his birthday and things like that. And this was really sad. So if I start to cry, stop the tape. Okay. I, <laughs> no, I, let me get the crying over. Yeah. So I'm talking to him on the phone, and they're over at. Um, I. Uh, cutting the studio, they're cutting. They're cutting the album where Reggie played those three guitar solos. Remember that? that oh yeah, so, that's that's the way used, love goes. Right, and he used three three different three solos, and he used three different guitars in there. Well, I call I called over there to talk to Roy who's not playing on the album, you know. And he sounded, you know, I did, it brought tears to my eyes. He said, man, he said, I, he said, I can't play, you know, nothing like that. He said, I'm leaving that to you, mate. You're, you know, he was so complimentary and and I felt so sad. He sounded so down and, you know. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, I called him on his birthday once and, oh, I think what didn't happen was, when I was with Marty, we used to, I don't know if they, I'll be able to play this, but I'll play it slowly. Uh, yeah. That's all over a 12 bar. Oh, whoops. And so on. And we used to we used to walk Marty on with that, you know, really fast. <laughs> and uh, we were going to play Bakersfield, which is where Roy lived. And so I called him up and said, "Hey, uh, I, I didn't tell him we played that tune, you know." Yeah. I said, "Look, we're we're doing a gig in in Blake, Bakersfield. Would you please come? Please, 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 Mister, please." Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> 
He said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and make that. I will. I said, no, 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 don't try, please, please. Because I really wanted to do that for him. You know, yeah. when I could play it properly. And at the end of every gig, Dave DeRosha, the drummer, just kept speeding it up. <laughs> Laughing his butt off back then. Yeah. I haven't forgotten that, DeRosha. Yeah. There's a price what, to pay. Yeah. What What were some of your uh, your favorite Roy Nichols uh, tracks or you know tunes, either you know haggard tunes or instrumental tunes or? Um, well, when I first really heard him, I heard the the instrumental album that the Strangers did. Right. And there's there's one I, now I don't I did work this out and it was. <laughs> I can't remember the tune. Yeah. And it, yeah, uh, some of those in there, those weren't they. Um, but it was just, his tone, his tone was just in your face. You could tell this, you know, I don't know if he had high action. I don't think we ever spoke about it. Funny the questions you don't ask him in till yeah. too late. But um, uh, he, he, between Blackmore and him, I mean, and that's that's why I wrote that tune, uh, Templar Treasure. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was the one, uh, that was the one you did for the uh, the, the Louis. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, Nashville uh, guitarist. Uh, Nashville thing. guitars. Oh, that's that's his lick. <laughs> <laughs> But that anyway, was under the influence of of of, of both yeah. Richie and, and Roy Nichols. Well, both of them. Yeah. You know, there's some stuff. Have you ever heard Stranger in Us All by Rainbow, the last Rainbow album? No, no, I haven't. Unbelievable. Really, the quality, the playing, the tone of everything. Well, there's a tune on there. Where Blackmore's doing that. Yeah. So I went, well, yeah, let me write this, this piece and I'll pay homage to uh, to Roy and Blackmore, Blackmore in one fell swoop. And so I did. But, uh, yeah. I drifted again. Great, a great tuning and great players. And uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Roy had one of the best, you know, teletones ever. And uh, somehow yeah. he was able to get such a fat, uh, you know, bridge yeah. pickup sound on a telly that, I mean, he could, yeah. I know, I, you know, wrong. I never asked him about his strings or anything. I don't know why, silly. <laughs> but, um, and he had these little Django nuances. Yes. Just, you know, he thought, oh, he's going to go for four or five Django notes. And he just maybe hit two. You knew, you knew it had that feel of Django's playing. You know, just beautiful, I thought. Yeah. But my favorite telly player, without a doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah. And it should be yours. Yeah, I I have those uh, those Stranger instrumental albums and and the live albums. I was talking to the, I was talking to the public, Zach. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I agree hundred percent. Yeah, they well, need, they, it, they need it, to get those. Old, yeah, 
I'm sorry, there's an old line of Chet's there. That's why I said that. You know, Chet would say things like, well, that's my opinion and it should be yours. Well, that wasn't wasn't bad. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a vaudeville thing. (laughs) Yeah, well, Chet used to say, had all these lines, you know. And you know Richard Smith, guitar player? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Richard, oh, we should talk about that, um, the the, uh, 17 guitar players on one track in a minute. Yes. We can do that'll be next. Okay. All right. Now, now get me back to where I was. You were talking oh, about the Chet and Richard Smith, and you were talking about Chet kind of right. having a, a bunch of uh, you know kind of sayings that he had. Yeah, he ready. had all these. So, so Richard can do Chet's voice brilliantly, and right at the end of this this piece, which was called um, "Slightly Above Below Average," which is one of Chet's phrases, and the Chet. Then the phrase came from, I think it was Bill Pybo was there and some very, and John McClellan, various people. I wasn't there, but Chet was on the floor recording some stuff. It must have been years ago. And Chet looked up and said, well, what do you think, boys? <laughs> you know, and nobody would say anything. <laughs> and they were, he went, oh, I see, just a little above, below average. Huh? <laughs> so and that's what we called the tune. Because and right at the end, John uh, um, Richard just goes, oh, "That's my opinion, and it should be yours." <laughs> and you couldn't tell the difference as you came with mine, but yeah, yeah, but that, that was fun. And and that track, if I'm not getting ahead of you, that track. I remember John came round here. He said, "You know, we'd already done galloping guitars for the album project," and he. Had, John had done tracks with Vince and various other people. So we, um, he came around one day and he said, uh, we need to write something so people can some jam on it a little bit, you know. And I can't remember what I played now, but John played his first section, which was in A. Mine was in G. Um, and I remember I had a, a diminished thing. Sound diminished to you? Well, then you need help. Um, no, I can't remember the lick, but it was a cool lick, and it was the first thing that fell out off my fingers, which is which is I I find that still to this day amazing. You pick it up and go, and that stays with the song. You know, usually the better the song, the easier that is, of course. But but um, yeah, it was it was uh, I forgot where I was. Yeah, you were you were talking about. The, the the 17 you know guitar players and uh oh yeah playing yeah. playing playing the chet well teams. that's right yeah yeah and that was um yeah i can't remember what i played or john but it's a great little track um charlie mccoy is on it um brent's on it johnny highland there's a whole slew of players and john did his bit whatever it was and so it, it was just A section to B section. And um, Jerry Donahue flew his in from England, as did Mark Knopfler. Um, it was great. It was a great, great project to do. And, one, you know, once we had all the, the parts done, we just copied and pasted, <laughs> you know. But it, that was good fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. On the... what. 
you use the uh, the different sound you know on a normal two pickup telecaster you use those uh, all all three sounds well you know a lot of guys kind of tend to focus on just one usually the bridge pickup but you you kind of you know really thought about those different sounds and used them depending on the tune you know there's only one tune that i can remember where i used the middle you know both pickups yeah and that was a Skaggs record. I can't remember what it was called. But it, it, I'm either on, you know, low or back here. So I guess I should correct myself in that you, you tend to play <laughs> either the bridge pickup or the neck pickup. Well, I don't mean to contradict you. There, no. But, I mean, I... I can't remember the last. I never use it now. It's it's either back or front. It, it, I like to play soft, sweet stuff. Who said that was sweet? You know that kind of. Uh, but you know. Uh, It's just a matter of what 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 the vehicle, what song you're playing, really. Yeah. But here's, here's the, the tone in the middle. It's it's thin without any body. Yeah. And this is thin with body. And this is just uh, different. Okay, so uh, did you actually get a uh, a baby powder endorsement? <laughs> no, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> because you, again, you you mentioned before you put the baby powder on the on the neck of the guitar, and right. uh, yeah. Well, I sent off to Johnson and Johnson. You know, more tongue in cheek than anything. You know, yeah. What am I expecting? You know, a big case of baby powder. <laughs> yeah. And I also believe I sent one to the super glue people. Just just for the hell of it, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I could afford glue and baby powder. No, but the uh, Johnson and Johnson people wrote back paraphrasing that. Uh, no, I'm. I don't think we really want to get into anything to do with music. Thank you. Something, something like that. Some stuffy old. Oh, okay. But all right. Well, well hey, I've got another it. little. Another little. Oh, you got another question? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Play. I was just saying, I've been I, I've been messing around with this. Make, make make sure we can see what you're doing. Make sure we can oh, see your oh, hand. So yeah, if you have yeah, to move a touch over, yeah. Well, it's basically on the right hand. It's going. That thumps all the way through it. Well, not all the way through, but yeah, you know, a little bit. So it's just an E. Whoop. 
all I've got of that. Yeah. And those, that's kind of great, fun. Those are great open string licks. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Was a sensitive tuning guitar. Anyway, you see, and that I, I remember using that on a, a little lick in the uh, Star Licks. Ah. That lick, that lick from uh, Roy, uh, Irish guy, Roy. Rory Gallagher? Rory Gallagher. Oh, Rory. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. Rory Gallagher, yeah. He had that. It was an A, I think. I don't know if he was doing that at the bottom, to be honest. I think. But... Here, here comes the part where you know we, we've been going you know we've been going for an hour and a half so uh we, we probably ought to you know bring it to an end but you know we're, we'll edit this part out but i just want to make sure was there anything that you were like we've we've got to talk about such and such i mean because i think you know of course we did you know we had part one and then you know this you know looking at you know i didn't cover everything that you had made notes on but also that covers a lot of the stuff that's in your uh uh, in your autobiography that you're going to yeah, uh, put I, out. So I, can't I, remember, I can't remember what's on the list now yeah. that, I, that I sent you. I mean, we, we covered 90% of, of, of those things. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like we're at a good point unless there's something that you're just adamant that you wanted to make sure got, well, got in there. There are just two two more licks I was going to share. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, let's show the licks. And this one, it's it's... It's well. I'll just play. This was at the end of an instrumental I had. And like, Sorry. Let me do that again. Well, you 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 can't see that, can you? You can't see it exactly. You can see the whole first part. So just play just play the ending part where you're doing the the bass note and then the uh, the bend behind okay. the nut, so we can see that. So uh, uh, yeah, okay. Hit the harmonies, harmonics. <laughs> so. If, now, if if I'm seeing correctly, you're hitting that low. Yeah, you know, the 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 licks in G. And you're hitting that low G note on the E, and then you're bending up what like that? Well, that... it's actually in D. Okay, you're hitting the F sharp note. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's the whole thing was in D. Okay. Uh, you know, it's just yeah. it's just it's, stuff. I'm just having fun. Yeah, you but know, you hit you hit that F sharp note on the on the low E string, and then uh, which which string were you were you bending oh, it up? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, the G G string. Okay, so you're, okay. 
Yeah. So we're still in D. Yeah. I may not be perfectly in tune here, but anyway, that's the... Yeah. But because you're hitting the harmonic, it's another note, and then you're 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 yeah. pulling it up. Okay. So the G okay. is the harmonic G is still ringing, so you can get that. There's your third. Yeah. I usually use the little finger. I don't know why I don't there. Anyway. Yeah. And the other, um, if we're done with that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we are. It's and there's a, this thing, you know. And the other thing I, I wanted to share was this is a really good pre-bend exercise, I think. <laughs> oh, pitch. Wherever you go, but When you know, you, I start it with the little finger and I already have that note pushed up. Actually, I don't. I go, oh, yeah. As you come down on that one to the, that note. Make sense? Yes. And that's the, it's just that independence of being able to bend something up while you're already working on something else. I actually worked the harmony up for that, and I can't play them both together, so don't ask. <laughs> See, the fingering's different there. What I need to do is do it like this. Which is even harder. <laughs> anyway, those just you know, if you're into pre-bends, it's a good little exercise because you, you if you're into pre-bends, they've got to be in tune. And I, as I say, I always feel that you know, with some of the tension, you know, it's never 100, percent but um, usually when the tension, you nine times out of ten, you're in 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 tune. Anyway, that's that's. And that's it. I can't think of anything. Oh, I did write this lick. I saw some kid, some kid playing this once. He went, no. Oh, I know. Somewhere else where we're in tune. And he looked at me, he said, what do you think of that bit? I said, well, you're not playing it correctly. <laughs> and when I played it to him, you know, with the five underneath, why they call it fourth? Well, I guess it's because it goes one, two, three, four. But to me, it's a five underneath. He was doing it much more mysterious. Yeah, because of the 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 closer interval. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it just sounds darker, you know. It not, doesn't surprise me that, that Blackmore jumped on that. He got that that voicing apparently from a, a Hammond keyboard player in England called Graham Bond. Okay, yeah, from the Graham Bond may have heard organization. I, I, yeah. yeah, I never saw him play, but apparently he was a very dark lad into uh, the dark arts and witchcraft, apparently. I don't know. I, I never met it, but it's uh, that's certainly... So, so, so were you joking about the dark arts, or was that really something? No, no, that was, no. Was, no, it Apparently was really he something. Was. He was he was into that, and so that was something that musically that he uh, felt you know communicated that in some way. I I guess I have no idea, but apparently Blackmore. I read somewhere that Blackmore said, you know, he really liked that that those dark voicings that Graham Bond was coming up with. You know, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So much stuff to talk about. We can just keep going for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Ray. Is it time for it's time for a glass of wine? It is. It's it's time for a glass of wine and with time to, to, to let the kids out and all, all those yeah. things. So uh Ray, thank you so much for you know for, for doing a, a, a part two interview. So oh we my could, pleasure. You know, cover some uh some questions from uh, from the, the peanut gallery and uh and yeah. uh, also, uh, you know, just you know, cover some some of your other eras of of work, and then uh, especially getting to talk a little bit more about your playing and and do the the string the string bending and 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 those pre bends and all that stuff. And uh, thank you yeah. so much for doing this, Ray. It's a my it's pleasure. A, a real treat. So any any time for any of you, and, okay. and thanks for sending the questions in. That was nice. Yes, it was. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Ray. Thank you. My pleasure. You Thank time. you, Blitz. See you, people. Have fun. Be safe. Be careful.